Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, getting ready for uh, Baylor UT this weekend. Of course, we'll do a live show out at the uh, the famous coffee house that is Common Grounds in Waco. And I wish this coffee drinker would stop by and see me that day. That's Friday from 4 to 6. It is Richard Justice, the noted baseball writer, longtime columnist for the Houston Chronicle, and uh, boy, now writing some uh, nice columns for Texas Monthly. Uh, Richard, our alma mater's getting ready to square off. Sark versus Dave Aranda. Uh, there's a lot, lot at stake here. Is there any way, I guess this World Series is going to keep you from making the trip to uh, Waco to see this one in person? Well, I don't know. What are tickets going for? Do you do you have a line on tickets? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Uh, Oh, about five hundred bucks would get you something up in the third uh, deck. Yeah, yeah no. you can help a brother out on that, uh, and that that'll be a good one. And you know, you can't help but be appreciative of the job Dave Aranda's done there. You know, whatever you, uh, I, I I mean, coaches come and go, but uh, Matt Rule and Dave Aranda, those are two pretty good hires. And that's as you look at Texas, Matt, as you look at Texas Tech, you look at Texas, you look at what Texas A and M's done. It all comes down to hiring the right guy. I mean, it's not. In the end, it's not that complicated, and uh, Baylor has had a couple of really strong hires in a row. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been really interesting, and I saw one of your loved ones was pictured maybe on the Texas Tech campus, perhaps even getting his guns up. Uh, Texas Tech yeah. fires Matt Wells today, and uh, Richard, boy, you covered this conference and, and, and covered football for a lot of years. Does, uh, it is it, sort of... It, doesn't it feel like that since Mike Leach, it's just it, that fan base has never been happy uh, for an extended amount of time. They they got one of their favorite sons in Cliff Kingsbury, and look at him now. He's he gets fired at Tech, and now he's the he's the bell of the ball in the NFL with an undefeated uh, record. But is I mean, what do you, does the Sonny Dykes is that the no brainer hire in your mind? Yeah, but you know what? You hear the scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt among coaches is that he's pretty darn happy where he is. Th- that's a trend right now. What you hear is Sonny is very happy in Dallas, that Luke Fickle is happy in Cincinnati, that Matt Campbell is happy in Iowa, and uh, that, you know, it's not going to be – I mean, LSU's going through this now. They're hoping to lure Chris Peterson out of retirement. So, yeah, Sonny Dykes would be a – to me, would be a no-brainer. The interesting one and the one there, and you know this before I even say the name, that they're going to wrestle with is Art Bryles. To me, what Art has to do is hold a news conference and just take responsibility of everything. Art, whether you knew or not, you were the man in charge, and he's got to do a sales job on the Board of Regents, on the AD, because I think Kirby Hokut's inclined not to hire Art, and maybe Kendall Bryles is the right hire, but uh, – It'll be interesting, and as Kirby Hokart said, and I think you tweeted this, he's got to get this right or they're going to be looking for a new AD. I think those money people do want art. I mean, I think some of those boosters, but you're right. I don't think Hokart thinks he can do it with all that baggage, and art's just, I don't know whether it's bad advice or just art's instincts have not been great since all right. this. And and, uh, and, and re- even recently, you know, he put out the statement via his attorney or whatever that, he had been cleared, and 
he everything was fine and he was ready to go coach again. And that's not exactly what the NCAA. We we sort of know Art uh, better than a lot of people. We know how plain spoken and and uh, we sort of know the goodness in Art, but uh, I don't think Art's ever truly been able to sort of uh, you know account and, and maybe it's just impossible to to convey what he needs to convey but i don't think he's ever been able to quite do it but uh but yeah, that and, fan and yeah. that that's a, that's the same thing we said about mike leach somebody tweeted that today if we could rewind and if mike leach had just apologized and had a letter of apology in his personnel file even if he didn't believe it even if he had nothing to apologize for how would history be different? You know, now he might have left anyway because he he's one of those coaches that sort of has a wandering eye, even though he doesn't change jobs that many times. But anyway, I know you called to talk about the World Series, but it's fascinating watching what happens here. I I, I know the UTSA guy Jeff Trailer a little bit. I mean, I think he's a, a home run hire, but uh, we'll see. And it takes some guts to do that. I just want them to stay away from Miranda. Could we could we enjoy somebody for just a little while? Uh. <laughs> well, uh, look at it this way. Where's a yeah. better place to coach than Baylor University? Can you win a national championship at Baylor? Well, you can certainly compete for one. Where's, where's there a prettier campus? Where's there a better uh, stadium? Where can you find a deeper reservoir of recruiting within a, a recruits within 100 miles of campus? Baylor's got a great, yeah. great sales pitch. And let me just say this about Mac Rose, the AD at Baylor. Uh, had it not been for the rules that he instituted at the University of Houston, I'm pretty sure my youngest daughter would not have graduated from college. He was hard on the athletes academically and good on him. My family will always be indebted to our, uh, to Mac. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he, you know, get a national title in basketball. So man, you got me. I, I love it when you talk about my alma mater like that. Pretty. I thought you were about to say pretty girls John, too. Uh, as an McClain, addition. Hey, buddy, it's John McClain's alma mater. Everybody else is just uh, carrying his water. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm afraid, uh, John. It, you know, John. I think was hurt that uh, RG3 statue is bigger than than his statue or plaque. <laughs> I think he's a little bit worried about that. Uh, the general, John McClain, of course, uh, longtime Houston Chronicle, covers the Texans. Boy, what a mess that situation is. But we don't. We will talk about the World Series because that's exciting. Richard Justice joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. These, um, these Astros, I mean, this really is, you were writing in Texas Monthly, kind of the us-against-the-world type mentality they've taken on. And, um, I, again, I don't know how history – will view this team or this core of players, but it is kind of incredible that they've drawn this much ire. Uh, it was interesting that they were able to do it during sort of a pandemic, so this was the first full year in a while that people have been able to rain down all the, the jeers and everything. But from reading your story about this, did, it almost seems like these players did embrace it in and, and, and this and in some sense, maybe it's even fueled them. Is that what you've sensed? Yes. I think it brought them closer together. We have each other's back. Outside of this room, we don't know if anybody in the world has our back. The other thing it did is it hardened them. It made it sort of that they, they're flashing this uh, uh, video on the school board at Minute Maid Park, H-Town against the world, against everybody, H-Town versus everybody. And I think that's the way the Astros looked at it. Now, 
like Carlos Correa clearly thrives on that. He thrives on being the center of attention. And if you want to yell at him, it, it, you're probably only going to make him better. So probably the same thing with Alex Bregman. Jose Altuve, I don't think it's the same. I think it really hurts him that people perceive him as a as being one of the faces of cheating and that and that he was a cheater and he wouldn't have gotten every you know when when you go through something like this everything you've accomplished becomes tainted and there's people that will try to press pretzel logic their way into maybe the Yankees were doing worse or we weren't doing as badly as much as people think. Look, you did what you did, and you, the only way you can get past it is just to keep winning it's always going to be part of your history and uh, i think you saw at the end of the alcs because i saw jim crane and i'm the owner of the astros and i'm pretty sure he was crying and just because and he said it's not that you get reminded of it it's that you get reminded of it every single day some someone on the opposing team will say something or on the road it's just who can do the most creative signs and and all and all of that? But what they what what it's proven is they're a mentally tough guy, to a bunch of guys, and that they have survived. You know what's the other thing, Matt is, and it says a lot for Dusty Baker and for Altuve and the leadership of that team is they folded all these young guys into it. The whole crew of young pitchers that they debuted in the playoffs last year and new outfielder Alvarez and and Kyle Tucker are 25. Jake Myers and Chas McCormick are 25 or 26, and they have just run those guys right into it and not missed a beat. So, you know, I don't know how the World Series is going to come out. It looks pretty even, uh, but, um, you know, it's it, what we've seen is that the Astros have won, for, won more games than any American League team the last five years, won twice as many playoff games as any other American League team the last five years, and they're in a pretty good position. A lot of it will depend on what Correa does with free agency to keep going. Isn't that wild how they flipped that series? I mean, sometimes you just start to sense this thing's going the wrong direction. You're, you're starting rotations, not really getting the job done. You get some, uh, I mean, you mentioned it in the story, you get a couple of blowouts, and then something happened. Um, you know, there was a, I think they had a conversation. And then, it, I mean, those performances by those starters, uh, suddenly they just flipped it on them. And, and whether it was Garcia or, or Valdez, I mean, these guys suddenly, I mean, it wasn't just like, okay, guys, just hold on for four or five innings, like a lot of these postseason series are. That's what you ask guys to do because people love to manage these things. Oh, my gosh, we're going to get our high-leverage guy in the fifth inning. That's what they love to do. But but these guys were going into the, you know, seventh and eighth inning with great performances. I mean, wasn't that – it had to be – I mean, you've seen a ton of these things but even for an old grizzled veteran like yourself, to see somebody flip one like this had to be pretty interesting. It was astonishing, you know. And you know, like Valdez and uh, and Luis Garcia was part of this triumph. Uh, this quad, four young guys that made seventy nine starts, young Latino pitchers that made seventy nine starts and had a ERA under four. They were great all year, but down the stretch. They all struggle. Framber Valdez struggle. Luis Garcia struggle. Urquidy struggled at times. Christian Javier struggled at times. And you just saw, you know, after the way they pitched in the first two, their first two starts, they just got their heads beat in. The Boston Globe was like in Boston. The debate was: Would we rather play play the Braves or Dodgers? And Dan Tronesy, <laughs> the in the Boston Globe wrote: The baseball gods have anointed the Red Sox to punish the cheating Astros. 
And, and that's it's what I'm thinking. This is going to be over soon. They're going to get their heads beat in. But there was this little voice in my head saying, you've seen these guys do too much. You know they're mentally tough. You know their pitching coach is the best, maybe one of the best ever. And if there's a technical way to figure it out with these guys, they're going to figure it out. And, you know, it started with the seven and two-thirds innings of shutout ball from the from the bullpen. And then Valdez and, and Garcia just took over. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever been part of a series, seen a series where it just snapped that fast. Yeah, you, you've been part of a game where it snapped fast, that game six where we were both up in that press box, that fabled <laughs> game in, uh, in St. Louis. But uh, you're right, the series, uh, yeah, uh, that brings back really bad memories there for a lot of folks. But the, the breakdown of this, I was just looking at some of these numbers I mean, usually Freddie Freeman's always going to have an advantage. But, I mean, Griel has been, you know, I mean, right there with him, like numbers-wise, it's second base. Both the, I mean, you'd give Altuve the edge, but two little guys, third base. I mean, home run-wise, they're right there together. Um, I mean, that that's, that. it's kind of, it does feel like, Kind of, a, I mean, I guess that's what we always find—a couple of heavyweights in the World Series. But it is kind of crazy when you start doing these matchups, and you're like, "Well, that guy has whatever thirty home runs, thirty-something home runs," and it's almost like exactly alike at all these different positions. Yeah, I would think offensively, you could make the case it's a push, even bullpen-wise. After James Click upgraded the bullpen, acquiring three guys at the trade deadline, that could be a push. But I do think the Braves. I think they're more comfortable with what they're going to get from Charlie Morton, Anderson, and Freed uh, because the Astros just don't know what they're going to get. Now, obviously, if Framber and Luis Garcia pitch the way they did in games five and six, <laughs> the Astros are going to win. Now, those were as close to perfect postseason games as you're ever going to get. And the great thing was they, the Astros didn't try to reinvent the wheel. Second time through the lineup, third time through the lineup, we're going to just let these guys go. We know how to sequence our pitching the second and third time around. We're not going to overthink it. All right. Well, you know how I'm selling this thing. Uh, Drayton McLean put all this together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I called, Drayton, I, called, I called Drayton a couple of months ago, and I said, now, Drayton, you, all, you know, we got two baseball teams that are free agents, the A's and the Rays. And I said, you always said Central Texas, could not support a baseball team when you own the Astros. Now that you don't own the Astros, what do you think? And he goes, I think it's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) He he actually said, he actually said, in a few years, it might be a great idea. And I said, well, great. I'm kind of picturing sipping a cold one as the sun goes down on a ballpark in San Marcos. So uh, I kind of like to speed it up a little bit. Oh man, he's he is something else, and you know he's still watching all of this. He just I think he kind of misses being down there right behind the plate, but he's watching every pitch of this thing. Hey, we look forward to uh, reading you and hearing from you throughout the World Series, Richard. Great to great to have you, and best of luck this weekend. This might be the Longhorns' final trip <laughs> to Waco, so we'll see how this goes. All right, thank you, Matt.